Who has control over us? Either coming from a God source, we want God to have control over our life, or it comes back to the demonic agenda, which is Satan's agenda, I will be my own God. So that basic question of who am I? I am gonna be my own person. That's basically a demonic heart. That's, that's a demonic message. Welcome to the In Doubt Podcast. Hey, welcome to the Endout Podcast. I'm Isaac, your host, and with me today as our guest is uh, Pastor Dave Hensman. And um, I actually have the privilege of calling Pastor Dave Hensman my father-in-law as well. So thanks for uh, coming on the show. Hey, it's great to be here with you, man. Um, today we're, we're getting into a topic that um, that many people, I don't want to say all people, I don't want to uh, wipe a huge brush over all of it, but many people don't consider a whole lot, at least in the West, and that is the sort of topic of the supernatural. And I'll be the first to say that I also get convicted when I start thinking about it because I don't really think about it too much. So things like the spirits, the Satan, demons, that kind of thing. Sure. Our culture definitely focuses more on the reasonable, I find, at least in our culture here in the West, um, the material, the rational, what makes sense. And even though Christian a Christian bases their life on the knowledge of God, who is supernatural, they still live these, you know, kind of lives that are very materialistic and very, you know, just the natural thing in front of them. So that's what we're going to be looking at uh, today. But before we get into it, I wanted to uh, let everyone know about our first live event coming up in late October. It's called Sexual Identity in Doubt Live. On Thursday, October 27th at 6.30 p.m. at the Clova Theater in Surrey, uh, B.C., we're holding an event that addresses the question, what does the Bible say about our sexuality and our identity? We're going to have a time of worship, and then three speakers will be giving 15-minute presentations. So that's Dr. John Newfeld from Back to the Bible Canada, Steve Kim from Apologetics Canada, and Pastor Dave Johnson from Ethos Young Adults. Following the presentations, we're going to have a Q&A, so we're encouraging everyone who comes to bring their questions. Our real kind of purpose and aim is to help inform Christians and those who are just you know interested on sexual identity in regards to what Scripture says, on the ideas of our world, different worldviews, and also in a very practical way. So this event is free. It's a great way to be informed on this issue. So check out live.indout.ca for more information on how to come. Well, let's get into this conversation. Why don't you first tell us a little bit about uh, who you are, uh, specifically, you know, how you met Jesus and also some of the uh, places you've been to because you you are a missionary as well. Sure. Well, um, you know, I'm a, first of all, I'm a husband. I'm married, been married for 31 years to my lovely wife, Dee. We got two great girls. And I'm also recently a grandfather for the last couple of years. And most importantly to you, I'm your father-in-law. So that's a big deal. You are, you're my Jethro. So. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> uh, no, but my, my mom led me to Jesus at seven. And um, just kind of one night I just asked questions and she kind of led me there. And then following that, though, when I was about 13, I would probably say I had my real major encounter with, okay, this is, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to follow Christ with my life. And I think sometimes that's an interesting question to explore. You know, when you grow up in a Christian home, you know, do you believe what you believe because mom and dad believe it? And how do you transfer that? That road can be bumpy sometimes. But for me, it was pretty clear pretty early. And then at 17, uh, I was called to ministry uh, through a prophetic word that came from my pastor and some other things in a couple of Sunday night meetings. And um, since since about 18, 19, I've, I've served in various things. I've church planted. We've done... Um, I've pastored, obviously, and I've done evangelism through um, a ministry we started in 97 called Good News Festivals. And uh, so, so far, we've been privileged to present the gospel now to almost 200,000 folks. And uh, we've seen, you know, multiple thousands of folks follow Jesus for the first time. 
So it's been really cool. And uh, we've traveled now to, I think, 57 different countries um, doing leadership training and preaching and teaching and serving the church. So that's kind of our life. We just love that and love doing what we do. That's what you do. So what kind of uh, places, I guess, have you kind of uh, been on your missions? Uh, In the late uh, 2000s, I did a lot of stuff in Africa. Uh, We did about three festivals there and a lot of leadership development things with pastoral training. Uh, Eastern Europe, we spent a lot of time in in Ukraine. Um, God's been doing a real revival in Ukraine. And so um, all around Eastern Europe, kind of Ukraine was the hub. So we felt strategically that was a key thing. And then in the, and Asia, we did some work. We're going back to China this November, but um, we were in pa- we've been in Pakistan as well for the last five years, feeling um, Pakistan is the number one training center for Muslim clerics in the world. Mm-hmm. So we felt strategically that Pakistan was a place that we were to invest, and in. we've seen God do just amazing things in that country. Under some of the most dangerous persecution, um, the church is literally thriving. And uh, it's pretty. It's a pretty neat place to be. Yeah. Well, one of the reasons actually that I wanted to talk to you about kind of the supernatural and the demonic is that obviously when you go to places like you know Pakistan, Africa, all these things, and you're doing these events in a more third worldy kind of area, you you, you kind of see some crazy things <laughs> that we don't always see here. Uh, so yeah, the, the you know much of the world is not as the, most of the world's more aware, I think, of the spiritual realm. The North America, right? We've you, what you said earlier is so true. We've intellectualized it. We've yeah. we've medicated our spiritual problems. I mean, when you look at how many people in North America have medicated themselves for psychosomatic and psychological things, a lot of which have a spiritual context. Right. Um, we've really moved away from the reality of of the truth of the demonic and the spiritual world, and. Um, so, yeah, you do get to see a lot more in those places, but you also, when you've been to those places and you see it, when you come home, you go, it's also here. Right. It's big here. Everyone we else just, is just blinded. We're just often of blind to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, generally speaking, why don't you just first kind of give us uh, a yeah, very general overview of what the Bible sort of says about the supernatural? Well, we know that, you know, we're all born— Every single one of us is born in the middle of a war between two kingdoms. Right. That's straight up. And the Bible basically is the chronicle. It's the story of that. And God's redemptive plan over a fallen world because of what Satan has done and, you know, the human response to that. That's, That's the Bible story. And so we see Satan at the very beginning in a very involved way to deceive and destroy everything that God has created. So, and that's, that's to me, one of the greatest springboards, that when you look at Genesis 3, right in the very beginning of the, of the story, right in the very beginning of the God story, the God message to us, we find Satan right there. Yeah. Right? And what's he doing? Well, you know, it's interesting in Genesis 3 because what he is doing is, is first of all, going against everything that God's trying to do. Yeah. And, and we learn a couple of key things about the spiritual realm in Genesis 3, 1 to 6. First is we know Satan was able to manifest and possess a being. Right. He did that in the serpent. A physical. A physical being. being. So we know that the spiritual can have, you know, possessive interaction with that which has been created. Right. And that is all the way through the scripture. We see that that 
possession, that manifestation grows into people, into all kinds of things as we see the story unfold. Yeah. Um, so that's a very alarming yeah. and a very true issue. Satan can possess and control people. So when, you, when I hear that, though, my, my, my brain goes two ways. Does that mean full, like 100% control, or can it be anywhere in between 1% to 100%? Uh, yes. I, I think, obviously, it's it's various depending on what we will and what we allow, what people give themselves over to. Mm. I think often it's progressive, too, where it doesn't always start. Um, you know, the demonic realm doesn't always start in a person's life at 100%. Right. You know, just like faith in Christ. You know, That's it right. starts yeah. as a seed and it grows. Yeah. Well, the same spiritual principle, because everything is a seed, everything produces after its own kind. Yeah. So it it can grow in a person's life as well as what God wants to do. Second thing that we see in Genesis 3, though, is Satan's message to, to Eve was, was and still is completely opposite to God's message. Right. right? So that's something that we kind of have to mark. Mm-hmm. When we look at messaging, which in the information age, everything right. is a message. Right. So part of what we need to do as believers is discern what is God's truth versus what is the demonic agenda up against God's word. Right. And that's a common thing that we see all the way through the scriptures. Satan is always questioning and challenging the authority of scripture, the inerrancy of scripture, and the inerrancy of what God is doing. Right. Right. So when we see, we, we know what is the demonic agenda if it's completely contradictory to what God has said. Right. And it's a lot more simple than people have made it out. I mean, and this is, and the, well, the, and the third, one other third thing we see in Genesis right. is that his main tool Right is to question the infallibility of God's word to his, to bring doubt right. to bring question, and and to entrap us by elevating and fostering man's pride. So there's this war now. Who's going to control? Am I going to allow God to control my life, or does my pride fill my heart and say, no, I will be my own God, which is in essence what Satan's issue was at the beginning, mm-hmm. right? So who has control over us? Either is a coming from a God source. We want God to have control over our life, or it comes back to the demonic agenda, which is Satan's agenda, I will be my own God. So that basic question of who am I, Mm -hmm. I am going to be my own person, which we hear all over our culture, right? That's basically a demonic heart. That's that's a demonic message. Right. And that's... Not not necessarily meaning that you are possessed. No, no, but that's that's the agenda. Let's just use that word, right? right? The agenda of the demonic is for me to to remove God out of my life and yeah. to be my own guy or to allow Satan's agenda to fill my heart. Right. So yeah. That's as black and white as it kind of gets. Yeah, exactly. And it's pretty simple. Right. Yeah. God has a plan for us. Satan has a plan for us. Yeah. Which, which way are we going to go? That's good. Um, I remember in uh, Bible college, I took a spiritual warfare class and there was probably about, I think, five of us in the class, which, again, just shows the sort of disinterest of right. <laughs> the spiritual kind of realm. Who wants to go to spiritual warfare class? The point, though, of this is that in this class, uh, the teacher was talking about how often uh, Christians can have this sort of hyper sort of demonic view of everything where they'll just say, everything's a demon or, you know, like you said, a, a demon's under every rock or whatever. Right. Um, but on the other side of the pendulum, there is this sort of hyper natural and hyper material uh, mindset in the Christian where, you know, there is a, a scientific explanation for everything. We've already kind of talked about this a little bit, but I guess the question for you as a pastor, as a missionary, how would you counsel a Christian in 
today in Vancouver, let's say, or Toronto or somewhere in Canada in an urban setting, have had a balanced view of the supernatural realm? Well, uh, first of all, I, I would say, you know, we are living in a very spiritual realm. We live in a spiritual realm. Right. And to ignore that is to our own peril. Right. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the reality of it. Yeah. So we need to be aware of it. The, the whole thing about hyper, you know, supernatural, hyper demonic to me, I, I find a good red line, a good, a good marker point is if I'm blaming the supernatural, the demonic especially, to avoid my, the consequence of my own action or my own disobedience or my own stupidity, mm. I call that hyper and stupid understanding in the demonic, so right. to speak, right? I mean, because I'm, I'm not living in my own reality now. I'm just blaming the devil for everything. You know, right. I'm late for work. Well, you left at five minutes to start time and you hid rush hour. That's not a demonic problem. Right. That's a time That's management problem, problem <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. So, That's good. you know, if, you know, if you don't do your project at work and you, know, you don't get an assignment in on time in college, that's not a demonic issue, right? right? So discerning and taking responsibility for our own lives is a big key. Yeah. Having said that, we know that Satan's agenda is to kill and destroy and to deceive, to deceive, kill, and destroy. And so everything that we see him about and everything we see him doing is the destruction, the pulling apart of what God is wanting to build. See, God's in the beginning, he created and it was good. So what does Satan do? What does he want to do? He wants to pull apart that which is good and compromise it, destroy it, and ruin it. Uh, look at sex and, 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 and marriage, for instance. You know, It's a good thing in God's plan. What does he want? He wants to pervert it, destroy it, mess it up. So, so you see that agenda in everything that he's doing. So when you look at culture, this is why we have to go over to Ephesians, because if you want to look at the, the balanced understanding of how to deal with or how to look at the demonic realm, you've got to see what the Scripture says, right? Because right? you know, we're not going to reason among ourselves on this issue, right? Yeah. So in Ephesians 6, I don't, and I want to read it because I yeah, think it's, it's really important to, to kind of go through it. Paul said, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age. Interesting. Against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So he that's said... very supernatural. Right, that's very supernatural. And, and notice what we say, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Right. But what are we doing? We are wrestling against something. Right. So we are in a war, whether we want to admit it or not. We are wrestling against things that for the most of us, we don't even understand. Okay? Because we're not we're not paying attention to it. So what does he say? Well, it's principalities. The, the the Satan has authority in places around the world that man through sin gives him authority over. Mm-hmm. See, he had no authority over Adam and Eve until he was given that authority by them. Right. right. Because of their sin, because of them rejecting God's word, then they opened their life to his authority. Yeah. So this is what happens. We're we're creatures of we've got a will, we've got a choice, and the principalities that are over there, there are things that have been given to him, things right. that he's taken through deception. Yeah. Um, we've got, you know, rulers of the darkness. Think about that. Yeah. You know, there are things going on. Even last night on television, you look at the, 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 the violence and, the, and all of the, the things that are going on right now in the United States, and it's all being done in the darkness, right? Yeah. You, don't, you don't see these things happening in the daytime. There's a, there's a demonic thing that happens, you know, in the darkness. Right. They, they love the dark because their deeds are evil. Right. 
Um, so we see all this stuff going on. Uh, the spiritual hosts of the wickedness in heavenly places. We know that there's a fight going on in the heavenlies. Yeah. Uh, Daniel talks about that where Michael said, I was trying to get to you, but I was fighting for 21 days, Daniel, to get to you. Yeah. That verse blows my mind. I'm thinking, <laughs> what was going on right. in the spiritual realm that it took him 21 days yeah. to get to Daniel? How do we reconcile? That's all very good, and I'm, I'm, I'm learning a lot, but how, how do we sort of reconcile the fact that through Jesus' death and resurrection, the we say that it is done, it is finished, this war against sin, and maybe this is a different thing, and you can tell me that, but how do we sort of reconcile that with this idea of this battle still going on? Well, notice what Paul says again, and this is interesting in Ephesians because he says, now I'm going to give you the tools. Right. Now I'm going to show you what you need to do in light of this battle. Right. Okay. And so if you're if you're wanting to live out your faith, you're going to find yourself at odds. You're going to be in battle with things and with ideas and with people. You try and share the gospel with your friend. You're going to you're going to you're going to encounter a will. A battle is going to go on as you share that. Everything is a battle in the faith. Right. Everything. Right. So this is what Paul says. He said, first of all. He said, what you need to do is you need to take on the whole armor of God. Right. There's a wholeness to this. Yeah. So there's you can't just have one piece. You need it all. And right. I, I, for the sake of time, we'll go through it real quickly. Uh, he says, first of all, he said, you need to have truth. Right. Well, what's, what's Satan's agenda? Deception. Right. See how, see how opposite it is? Yeah. Um, then we have the breastplate of righteousness, doing what is right before God. Mm. What's Satan's agenda? To sin, to do what's wrong before God. Right. See, it's it's all it all it all marries, it all parallels. Um, have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of grace. He says so, or the gospel of peace. He said so. So there's a there's a peacefulness that comes upon a believer even as he's in this battle. Right. What's Satan's doing? Confusion, trouble, turmoil, depressions, all these things that are they're 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 not peace. Right. Right. So you see it again. Um, faith. The shield of faith, man, you just got to have that faith in God that you're going to plow through this. These are all the tools. Uh, Helmet of salvation, sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always and being watchful. So Paul says, these are the tools that we use to fight this battle. Right. And the problem I've seen so often in our culture today is we're not, we're not doing any of this stuff anymore. We, we worship, we sing songs, and we hear someone talk. Right? But when was the last time we were in a, a prayer meeting to seek God for our neighbors or our friends or sure. waging war in prayer, like Paul says to do, yeah. against these demonic things? Or even just consciously praying through that every morning or whatever. So, right. Yeah. I guess our last question then is this, um, for all of our listeners and just for Christians in general, how would you, again, you, you are a pastor and you've pastored for many years, how would you uh, sort of encourage a younger adult Christian in our world, how to sort of put on the armor of God every single day? Like, what is it as simple as just saying you should just consciously go through this every morning? Or, or what? how would you uh, encourage someone? Well, I think the first thing I would say to a young person is be aware that you're in a battle. Right. And, and, and get that understanding that this is a fight for your soul. Mm-hmm. It's a fight for your fruitfulness. It's a fight over your productivity in God. It's all, it's all war. Mm-hmm. So understand that you're in it, whether you see it today or not. Yeah. Secondly, I, I do think what Paul says is it's when you look at soldiering, 
there's a discipline that happens every day. You get up, you do the runs, you do the thing. You do, there's a discipline factor to it. And what Paul's laying out here is a strategy of discipline. He says, put on this stuff. Make sure that you are actively listening to the truth. Right. Well, how you do that? Well, you read your Bible every day. Right. Right? Yeah. It's amazing how much stuff you can weed through and discern through when you've been in the scriptures. Yeah, that's good. Because it's all lies. Satan right. is all about lies and deception. You cannot combat that in your own human reasoning. Yeah. You've got to have the truth of God's word. That's really good. Flowing over you, flowing in you, challenging you, disciplining you, encouraging you. It's all there for that. Right. We need to have you know, that breastplate of righteousness, a determination that Jesus has has put within us that which is right now. Yeah. So I'm not going to engage in that stuff that's compromising. Yeah. Um, anyway, so going through that list, I think actively right. and prayerfully is a great key. Yeah. That's good. And even as you say that, I'm thinking you said a soldier has a routine, right, in the morning to prepare. And then think about the other uh, sort of metaphors that Paul uses in the New Testament, like the race that we are running, the athlete preparing, the farmer in the morning. All these things, they actually have a routine, some habits put into place to prepare them. But it's true. I think a lot of Christians, they will they'll sing songs together, they hear talk, they hear talk but if they're put into a race, they're, I don't think they'll, their muscles are quite prepared. Right. And, and remember, the one thing that really changed my heart years ago was, you know, Jesus never said, follow my church. He mm-hmm. never said, you know, he didn't even say become a Christian, which is kind of ironic, yeah. right? He said, follow me. Yeah. Be my disciple. Disciple in its root is discipline. There's a disciplineness and there's a following of Jesus. And so... The Gospels, of course, paint that beautifully for us. You read the Gospels. You immerse yourself in the Gospels. You study them. You memorize them. You know them because that's what Jesus is looking for in us. Yeah. It's a radical call of discipleship. That's great. And so it's not an event-based thing. Yeah. It's a radical commitment to leave all and follow Jesus. Yeah. That's the beauty of this. And so the closer you are to Jesus in spirit and in truth— the more you discern what is demonic and yeah. what is out there to deceive and destroy, you call it, you're close to him, and you're able to fight it. One other thing before we go is this, and that is the disciples said to Jesus, you know, the, even the demons were subject to us in your name. Wow. This is not a fight I'm doing in the name of Dave. Right. I've heard people pray, devil, you listen to me. No, don't pray that. <laughs> you know, it's in the name of Jesus yeah. that he flees. And so that's a key part, too, that Jesus is the answer to all this, and he's yeah. the power. Well, I find that actually almost every subject I end up talking about on the podcast, it comes down to follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. You know what? That really is the, the answer. So anyways, thank you so much, Dave. That Amen. was uh, awesome to chat with you. Well, that wraps up the Indo podcast. If you have any questions about this subject on the supernatural um, or stories you may have, let us know. You can email us at info at indo.ca. You can tweet us at Indo Canada or comment on the episode podcast page on our Facebook page. Anyways, I'm Isaac and this is the Indo podcast. podcast is a part of Back to the Bible Canada's Young Adult Ministry in Doubt. All of Back to the Bible Canada's ministry programs and resources are created for the purpose of leading people forward in their walk with Jesus every day. For more information on all things Back to the Bible Canada, visit backtothebible.ca.